Welcome to Riches in Christ Radio Ministry with Diane Kennedy. Please stay tuned at the end of today's lesson. We'll give you information on how you can acquire this week's tape, along with information about our weekly meetings and website. Now, here's Diane Kennedy. This week, we've begun a new series on the importance of becoming a regular, consistent Bible reader. I'm going to give you some real practical suggestions over the next few weeks about how to read the Bible, and if you will do it, it will revolutionize you. It'll change you. You'll be a different person a year from now than you are right now. No one believes me when I say this, but every once in a while somebody takes me up on the challenge, and sure enough, a year later, they're thanking God for the changes in them. And they're thanking me for telling them about reading the Bible regularly and systematically. I know I haven't explained those things yet. I'll get to it. There's a lot of information to cover. I can't believe it's already Thursday. I'm just giving you some sort of general things right now, and we'll get more specific as we work through this. Um, Part of the reason Christians struggle with the Bible is they don't understand its purpose. The Bible is a collection of 66 books and letters that together tell the story of God's desire for a family and the links to which he's gone to obtain that family through Jesus. The Bible reveals God's plan of redemption. The Bible was written to reveal God and his plans to us. That's the purpose of the Bible. His book reveals his person, who he is. It reveals his plan. It reveals his will. And it reveals his purposes. Jesus is called the Word of God. You know that. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1, 14 says the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Well, the written Word, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. John, in John chapter 1 here, it said, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. Jesus is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. Now, there's a whole lot in that that I don't have to explain, right? That I don't have time to explain. But the written word is writ, it has been given to us, the written word, the Bible, reveals the living word. Jesus is the word of God, the word made flesh, and the written word, the Bible, reveals the living word of God. That's the first and primary purpose of the Bible, is to reveal God to us, and in doing so, reveal his plans and his purposes, his person and his will. Now, the Old Testament points to the coming Redeemer through numerous prophecies, as well as types and shadows. Types and shadows are real people and real events that actually happened, but they picture some aspect of the person or the work of the Redeemer. Remember what we said earlier in the week, as soon as man fell in the Garden of Eden, in Genesis 3.15, God began to unveil his plan of redemption, his plan to deliver men and the earth from bondage to sin, corruption, and death. And he instructed men to begin to record his plan as he gradually unfolded it. Well, the Old Testament is its primarily the history of the people group through whom the Redeemer came. And 
Although it is record of real people and real events, many of those events and many of those people picture something Jesus would do. The New Testament is the revelation of the Redeemer's arrival and and how he carried out his work of redemption. Jesus himself confirmed that the Old Testament points to him. In John chapter 5, in a conversation with the religious leaders of his day, he reported that Moses wrote about him. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. I don't know if you know that or not. He wrote the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. In John chapter 5, verse 39, Jesus said to the Pharisees, Search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life, and they are the, they are they which testify of me. A few verses down in verse 46, he said, Moses wrote of me. The Bible is a written revelation of the living word, the Lord Jesus. The Bible is also what we call progressive revelation. God has gradually revealed himself and his plan through the pages of scripture. The Old Testament actually has to be read in the light of the New Testament which tells us about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. We'll explain more fully what that means as we work through here. But but let me just share a quick verse with you. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 says, uh, let me just read. It says, God at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken unto us by his son Jesus. That's verse 1 and 2. God has spoken to us by his son Jesus, not by his son Job. A lot of reasons A lot of reasons people struggle with the book of Job is they start with the book of Job to try to understand everything. No, you start with Jesus to try to understand everything. Jesus is the full revelation of God given to man. Um, God has gradually revealed himself through the pages of Scripture. You also need to understand the written word of God is our only 100% reliable source of information about God and his purposes. It trumps emotions, circumstances, and supernatural manifestations. Every supernatural manifestation has to be judged in the light of the word of God. Every circumstance, every emotion. It tr- when your emotions say God doesn't love me, well, God's word trumps it because God's word says he does. If an angel steps out of the unseen realm and tells you there's another way to heaven besides Jesus, and that experience is so real, you wonder, well, maybe there is. Well, God's word trumps that. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Uh, have you ever read in Luke chapter 24? It's, re- it's describing Resurrection Day. You know what happened? How Mary and the women went down to the tomb and found it empty, and word began to spread that the tomb was empty, and the disciples were all in wonderment. They didn't know what happened. Well, two disciples were walking along a road to the village of Emmaus near, or, uh, near Jerusalem, And uh, Jesus appeared to them, the resurrected Lord, but he disguised himself. They didn't know it was him. And he begins talking with them, asking them why they're so sad. And they tell him, you know, are you new in town? Don't you know? We thought we found the Messiah, but um, the Roman government has killed him. And now we're getting disturbing news that his tomb is empty. We don't know what's going on. Listen to what Jesus says to them. This is verse 25. 
Then said Jesus unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Here we've got the glorified, resurrected Lord Jesus Christ himself. And these two men are in confusion. They don't know what has happened. Jesus could have said, he could have pulled his disguise off and said, it's me, boys. He could have done something supernatural. I mean, he could have levitated in front of them, you know, risen up and come back down. He could have appeared or disappeared, done something supernatural to show that I'm the resurrected Lord. But look what he did. He went to the scriptures. He began at Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and went all the way through the prophets, showing them the verses that predicted his coming. That's me, boys. I did that. In other words, he appealed to the written word of God to prove who he was. Then, later in the day, he appeared to the eleven, his original eleven disciples, they're minus Judas, because he's killed himself, and he used the scripture again to confirm what had happened. Remember, he suddenly appeared, and they're freaked out. They think they're seeing a ghost, and he says, touch me. A ghost doesn't have flesh and bone, so they touch him. And then he asks for some food, and he eats in front of them. And then, let me read in verse 44, Then said he unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all these things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses, and in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the scriptures. Same thing, this is the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ standing there in their midst, and he goes through the what was written of the Bible at that point, what you and I know as the Old Testament, and he shows them prophecies. Types, shadows, that's me, boys, that's me, that's me, that's a picture of me. It was predicted I'd do that, and I did that. And then he opened their understanding that they would understand it. That's amazing. Any supernatural manifestation that is genuinely of God has to be fully confirmed by the Bible. If it is contrary to the written word of God, we reject it. You may recall in Second Peter chapter 1, Peter is writing. He knows he's going to be executed. He's writing these words to remind people what they know. Persecution is coming, even more severe than they've already had. And he says to them in chapter 1, verse 16, We have not followed cunningly devised fables when we may know unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. It, I'm going to stop reading in the interest of time, but he goes on to say, we haven't followed fables. We, the disciples, were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And, and he recounts how he was up on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was transfigured before him. Peter, James, and John saw the glorified Lord Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration before his crucifixion. And Moses and Elijah stepped out of the unseen realm and the Father spoke from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son, hear him. But Peter goes on to say, we've got more sure proof that Jesus is who he said he is. We have, let me read it, knowing this first, that no, uh, oh, uh, I'm sorry, but we have a more sure word of prophecy, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. 
In other words, he said, we have the testimony of the prophets. Jesus fulfilled the prophecies. This is particularly important that we recognize all supernatural manifestations have to be judged in light of the word. It's important in the times in which we live. We're coming to the end of this age and the return of Jesus is near. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, three times he said, the years leading up to his return will be marked by religious deception, lying signs and wonders that even the elect can be deceived. Peter, I'm, I'm sorry, Paul echoed Jesus' words when he said, Prior to the Lord's return, many will give heed to seducing spirits. The word of God is our protection against deception. God's written word trumps everything. That's why we need to read it so we know what it says. More tomorrow. You have been listening to Diane Kennedy of Riches in Christ. To order this week's teaching on CD, be ready for our number coming up soon. Diane teaches locally every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. near Highway 44 in Jameson at 4720 Jameson. Praise and worship is provided by Mercy's Child before each lesson. Riches in Christ provides a website at www.richesinchrist.com where you can listen to this week's radio lesson, download years of teachings and outlines, sign up for free weekly outlines, and order Diane's book, God is Good and Good Means Good. Friends, knowing that God is good is the single most important thing to stand on when trouble hits. If you think the trouble comes from or is allowed by God, then you need this book. For information or to order this week's lesson on CD, call us at 1-888-739-6619. Please mention today's date. Our number again is 1-888-739-6619.